Hey guys, just a quick reminder too, uh, if you're looking for any kind of insurance, auto, home, or life, or something specific to the outdoors, like boat, UTV, need something for additional for your guns, uh, reach out to our friend Brent Brainerd. He's with State Farm out of Heber Springs, Arkansas. Uh, they handle all that type stuff. You can reach them at 501-362-5891. Uh, give him a call. Take care of any of your insurance stuff. Hey, welcome to the Whole Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Harrell. I'm here today with co-host and producer, Austin Brown, joining me via Zoom. What's up, Austin? I'm here. That's about all we can say for Austin. We've got a special guest today, a fellow by the name of Logan Webster. Logan's the brains behind a little deal called Camo Retro. We're going to talk more about that. You can check that out at camoretro.com on Instagram. They're just camo retro, a lot of cool stuff. We'll kind of dive into what that's all about. But Logan, dude, thanks for coming on and, and visiting with us a little bit, man. Yeah, happy to be here, Chris. It was, uh, it was a joy to connect with you earlier this week and uh, uh, thrilled to be here this soon. Yeah, man. So yeah, Logan reached out to me, Austin, early this week because um, we obviously we have some mutual interests in, in vintage clothing and, and all things outdoors. And he hit me up about something we got to visit. I said, dude, how soon can you come on and kind of give a little vision about Camo Retro and what that's all about? And it turned out it was about three days later. So thanks for the short turn to come on and talk about stuff today, man. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, dude. So before we kind of jump in and talk about Camo Retro and everything behind that, I mean, give us a little background for you. Um, like, for instance, you know, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Where are you now? Kind of give us the 30,000 foot view on, on Logan Webster. Yeah, happy to. So um, there's a lot of great outdoor stories coming out of Arkansas, and um, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm joining that group in my own way. I grew up in southwest Arkansas, uh, right between Hope and Nashville. Uh, deer country down there. You've got a lot of timberland uh, from Warehouser and Domtar and others, but I uh, grew up deer hunting with my dad, and then uh, when I got to a certain age, I, I went into the duck woods with my, uh, my uncles, Randy and Rodney. They really introduced me. They're part of a great club on the Red River, which uh, you don't find many people in Arkansas hunting the Red River Flyway, but uh, I'm one of that few, and uh, I, that's where I grew up hunting, uh, down there at a little club uh, near Garland City, Arkansas, and uh, yeah, from there, uh, grew up in the woods, did a little thing called the Youth Hunter Education Challenge, uh, YHEC, which was through the 4-H and the NRA, did that all through high school, um, really enjoyed it, did the archery competition, something I really want to see more of in the state of Arkansas, especially in the northwest part where I live right now. Um, yeah, so, so now you're in northwest Arkansas, correct? Yeah, I'm in Fayetteville, uh, Fayetteville Arkansas now. I moved up here for school, been here for nine years. I took a job with Tyson Foods. Uh, I was there for five years as a uh, public relations uh, manager in that kind of role. And uh, I recently got let go due to COVID and other stuff and uh, decided to take the leap and jump into camo retro full time. <laughs> nice. Uh, I like it up here. I do end up going home to hunt a lot more often, though. Um, there's some public land hunts that I've been on up in northwest Arkansas, and those are a treat. But uh, it's good yeah. to get home and see friends and family and uh, hunt together. I, uh, I'm the co-chair for the Ducks Unlimited Northwest Arkansas chapter up here. Our uh, fall banquet is November 13th, so get your nice. tickets to that if you haven't already, if you're in our neck of the woods. Yeah, for real. And, um, AGFC Lifetime Sportsman. And nice. Yeah, dude. So tell me, I mean, awesome background, you know, being a fellow Arkansan, you know, we, we have a lot of shared, a lot of similarities there, so, but give me kind of, you know, what's an ideal day in the outdoors for you? Yeah. 
Man, it's, uh, I love fishing. And that's something that I've gotten a lot more akin to since I left home because hunting just isn't nearly as accessible for me being in Fayetteville. Um, there's a lot more, in my opinion, there's a lot more opportunity for people to fish public waters in Arkansas. And Arkansas really has some special places to fish, um, especially when you get into trout. Uh, AGFC has a great program, especially obviously flipping Arkansas, Cotter, that, that whole stretch. Um, it's, it's an awesome place and I've learned a lot about it uh, in recent years. Uh, but man, a perfect day is going to be some, if I can get trout and bass to fish, uh, to bite in the same morning and, uh, you know, start the morning with that. Well, I guess I'd, I'd start the morning with duck hunting and uh, yeah, I'd ha see, this is just a dream. I know. Um, yeah. No, you start can start the morning with duck hunting. Yeah. Uh, come back to the uh, cabin, clean the ducks, kick it a little bit, cook some lunch, go out and catch some uh, trout on my trout stream that's right beside my bass pond, then some bass, and uh, maybe close out the day with a swamp donkey buck. Nice, dude. So <laughs> when you get this um, mecca established with all these things right outside the back door of the cabin, let me know because I'd love to come just put the decoys out for you. I'm putting it together. Yeah. Okay. Keep me posted. I'm in. I'm in on that. Core, I'm working with the Corps of Engineers. We're, uh, we're on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good luck with all that red tape. So, um, so that's, you know, like a lot of outdoors guys, the trout thing, big in the state of Arkansas, obviously ducks, a lot of great resources for, for deer hunting as well. So have you, have you ever done on the, on the trout fishing on the White River, Little Red, have you ever been on any mornings like where you did catch like smallmouth and trout at the same time? I've caught one smallmouth in my years of fishing it, uh, which I'm usually exclusively fishing for trout. Sure. Uh, I've, I've got some other smallmouth streams that I'll go to. Um, and, and I'm generally further up on the uh, white where there's not as many smallmouth. When you get past Crooked Creek, uh, uh, going towards the buffalo, that's when you get into more of the smallmouth bite. Nice. Uh, but uh, I actually go over into South southwest missouri for smallmouth there's some incredible little streams up there but but again we're very blessed in arkansas to have every single thing that we've talked about so far <laughs> right and so austin austin does a lot of creek fishing too float fishing and all that so um you, you know if you had to go float to like for smallmouth or kentuckys and all that in the state of arkansas do you have a favorite like float stream wade stream logan yeah, Crooked Creek for smallmouth for sure. The uh, access is, is a little hard for, um, for the public on the Crooked, but also the Kings River that yeah. you can get into some sweet uh, smallmouth on the northern part of the Kings River. Awesome. Um, Loaded the Kings, any, A.B.? Uh, no, I never have. I've done Crooked for sure, but I haven't done the, cream, the Kings trip. Dude, we need to go do that one. I've, I've got a buddy that does it all the time, Logan, and he said there's a certain time of the year that, you know those like goofy looking um, – topwater baits that look like grasshoppers like yeah. rebel lakes rebel yeah he was like and I, I, I never thought anybody but goobers bought those and one time he was on the trip and one of the goobers that was with him had one so they wore them out on the grasshopper topwaters and said every year i don't even know what time of year it was they'll go that you know two or three week stretch and just wax them on those grasshopper topwaters just so if you haven't fished a grasshopper topwater on the kings secret weapon baby you're welcome <laughs> fishing tips and more i uh yeah those little rebel baits are awesome the, the crawdad patterns and crickets um it's hard to not throw one of those in there uh, springtime might be when he's talking about when the white bass are running uh yeah. down the white river everything in the state's biting that's yeah, prime time fishing well and that was us growing up fishing creeks it was always 
I mean, you had a rooster tail and you had a rebel crawdad crankbait. You know, those were your, those, and maybe, maybe a, maybe a Rapala, you know, like a, um, the plain Rapala. And that was, that was about the three things that dad ever let me tie on, tie on when we were, when we were floating. So my, uh, my uncle Randy, he, uh, he, he always took a, uh, June bug or tequila sunrise, uh, plastic and a, uh, beetle spin. And he'd throw, <laughs> this is for large mouth. He'd throw each of those out. And if neither of them were hitting, he wouldn't even bother. You go to the house. So you're not <laughs> even, it's not even worth it. That's funny. And probably some wisdom there Yeah, from that. Um, so dude, I mean, again, that's, that's awesome hearing kind of some of the similarities in our backgrounds, especially here in the state of Arkansas and, and a lot of the same passions and interests. And, and again, the other one that we kind of discovered um, this last week is, you know, kind of, you know, that outdoor classic outdoor clothing. And um, so give folks a little bit of a background. If somebody's not familiar with camo retro and what camo retro is, kind of give us how it started, what you're doing with it now. And, and we may jump in and, and bat some stuff around here, but kind of anybody listening at home that's never heard camo retro, give them the, the, the background. Yeah, so Camo Retro started out as a uh, apparel blog for outdoor apparel. Um, wanted to dive into, you know, the stories that our, our, our gear has to tell. I was really inspired by uh, my father, who was the first person to take me into the woods, but he's a chicken farmer in southwest Arkansas, by no means a fashionista. But uh, if he spots a rare pattern on a Columbia 3-in-1 jacket from across the room, he can talk to you about it for as long as you have. And that's uh, telling you if he has one, you know, he knows somebody that has one. And there's a story behind every piece of gear that we all have that we've taken out. Um, we can look at that piece of gear and it's sentimental just from the story, the, the stories that are attached to it. And for different people, that means different things. But I was just really fascinated by that. When I grew up, you know, embedded in uh, hunting and fishing in the outdoors, um, it was very mainstream to me as a kid in Southwest Arkansas. Then I got out of that. I've, I've uh, worked and lived in a few different places outside the state. And uh, I realized how much of a novelty and a luxury even it is to be able to go enjoy the outdoors like I did uh, for my entire childhood. And uh, the stories that are, that are being told or, or that are there to tell, I just don't feel like they've been captured uh, to the full extent. So I started the blog, wrote a few entries with the blog. And uh, anytime I'd talk about or feature a piece of clothing, uh, I would get emails and messages from people saying, hey, will you sell that to me? Where I was simply just getting it to uh, kind of make a record of it and archive it and just have some uh, database where people could go up and look at these uh, old pieces of clothing and the patterns too. The patterns are really fascinating with the stories of licensing and the, the history and the evolution of your mossy oak, uh, tree bark, your uh, real tree, obviously. Um, so once people started wanting to buy it, I realized, okay, well, maybe there's something here. And I, I, I made the Instagram account and it's the same Instagram Instagram account you see today some of the older content isn't on there anymore but uh, I would just post one piece of clothing a day and you know if you want to buy it hop in the DMs and we'll work something out I'll sell it to you uh, and that just blew up and it got way more than I could manage um, even to the point where people were getting mad that they were missing out on stuff right um, so I needed to find a way more efficient way to run this and um, and also I mean there's an appetite for it and uh, I wanted to find find out what that was and learn more about it uh i ended up having a surgery a tonsillectomy 
last September and I was out of work for uh, three weeks and those three weeks in bed, not able to speak, I built uh, what is camoretro.com and it is an online marketplace for people. Um, at first I was just listing the stuff that I'd, I mentioned before and selling it to individuals. Um, and then I had people saying, hey, do you wanna buy my stuff? Well, I'm not really in the position to do that. Definitely not at scale, but uh, there were pieces along the way that, hey, this is a pretty influential piece. Um, this is something that definitely needs, uh, there needs to be a record of in some way. And I'm sure there's a story to tell behind this garment. It's unique. There's a cuff length that's different, or there's a button that you don't generally see on other pieces of mossy oak items, just to give some examples. And uh, so since people were trying to sell me their stuff, I set it up where anybody could get on the site and sell their own gear. And that's when the big aha moment happened. Okay, there's never been a place where sportsmen uh, and women can get online and sell their gear uh, with that quality control filter. Because there's, yeah, there's eBay, there's, uh, there's, there's other sites like Poshmark, but they're never catered to sportsmen. You type in camouflage and running joke is you get bikinis and flip-flops. Right, yeah. And uh, on camoretro.com, you're getting quality gear. And um, it's not always the best price, but... Um, it, you know, it's going to be a steep price in some instances, but it's definitely more accessible prices. Um, and you're finding stuff that you're never going to find in a box store or find on any of the retailers' websites. And that's another big allure. Um, so, so and, and if I'm to kind of recap, as it grew and it got beyond just you selling pieces that you were interested in or the pieces that you had been talking about, where now kind of not necessarily an open marketplace, but someone can actually go make an account with Camo Retro and basically sell through your site. Am I, am I, re, am I repeating that correctly? Yeah, it's exactly right. And uh, so what we're doing, the service that we're providing to the industry by doing that is giving pieces of gear, giving goods a second life with a user who, you know, can get a, a customer that can get good use out of them. We're um, also increasing accessibility. So somebody who couldn't afford that $400 hunting jacket brand new, but they knew it would last a lifetime. Now they can get it for, you know, maybe $150, $200 or even less. It's happened. Um, and then uh, the third part is the person who sold that gear. They're able to now take money that they didn't have otherwise and reinvest it into the industry. Uh, buy new gear, upgrade their gear. If they prefer buying new, you know, they're out upgrading their boat or upgrading their decoys so there it's really nobody loses the industry the consumer the seller it's everybody wins so what's the response been now that you've kind of opened it up for folks to set up and and be part of the camo retro marketplace has there been, has there been a good response have you been surprised or disappointed or how's that gone a uh, good response. You know, I, one thing that I really caution people to is, you know, don't sell anything that you don't want to sell. Don't <laughs> feel pressured to sell grandfather's jacket. That's not right. what I'm looking for at all. Um, preserving history and legacy is, is a big part of Camo Retro, and it's one that I want to uh, maintain moving forward. And I've got some projects, including getting back to the blog that I'm really excited about, but I, I've got to, I've got to, um, you know, scale this marketplace as much as I can, because I see it providing more value to the industry short term than a, another blog. Um, not that there aren't great blogs out there. Right. No. Uh, no. The, uh, uh, but the seller community has been great. And uh, there's definitely been an appetite for it for years. I've had people reach out to me and say, uh, I had one individual last fall. He was uh, um, an older guy and he, his kids aren't hunting. His, um, he, he, he's just got this closet full of gear. Um, he, and he said, 
I don't want to take this to goodwill because I don't know where it's going to end up. I don't want it to just end up in somebody else's closet. So him finding my website was a godsend for him. And he felt so much better about it uh, because he was able to give this, give this gear homes that he knows it's going to be used to its full extent. Some of the stuff brand new with tags from you know, late eighties, early nineties. So yeah. Um, well, and stories like that are amazing. Oh yeah. That's, that's awesome. And I'm glad the response has been so good already. And I, and just in having followed your Instagram for quite a while, you know, I've seen the momentum kind of pick up and, and more responses and, and, and more interactions there and, and have seen some feed, some good feedback of, of sellers and, and you do a great job of posting some success stories of folks that are, you know, utilizing the platform, but to circle back a little bit and even like the story you were talking about, it's kind of funny how the sentimental attachment that we get to things in general, but you know, in particular things that we use in the outdoors, whether it's that three in one Columbia, like you talked about that, you know, it's the old Brown camo, um, you know, the original Brown camo Columbia or, you know, a shotgun or a fly rod or whatever. And, you know, if you ever sit down and, and think about it a little bit, the piece of gear, I mean, it's, there's nothing to it at the end of the day, but it's those memories attached to it so many times that lend that sentimentality. And that's not a bad thing. And, and I'm sure you see that all the time in, in buying and selling some of that classic stuff. Yeah. I hate to, I hate when it, I can catch myself sometimes feeling way too materialistic about it. And, um, uh, it's, it is really the, the stories are important, really important. And I, myself, I don't have a big collection of stuff. Um, I don't hold on to a lot of things that are coming through the site. If I see something that's a super practical piece of gear that I, you know, I want to get my hands on because I know it's going to last me for the rest of my life. And it's something that I can pass down. I'll probably pick that up, but the pieces in my um, closet that mean the most to me are the ones that are the jacket just like the one that my dad still wears to this day that Columbia three-in-one jacket I probably talk about that system more than any other um, I mean it was incredibly iconic and uh, every jacket today is just a carbon copy of it um, but it's the one that my dad wore growing up uh, he wore it in the mossy oak bottomlands and uh, I now have one myself so I'm able to wear the same jacket as my dad um, when we hunt together, it's the, it's just like the one that I, I learned to hunt in with him. The one when I didn't pack an extra jacket and I was cold shivering in the deer stand, he'd give me his and, um, or he'd zip the liner out, the inside jacket out and get you have that and he'd keep the shell. Yeah. Zip the liner out. Yeah. That, that's, that's a really good point. Um, and what's, yeah. funny, what's funny about that, Logan, and just a, the three in one, again, what a classic piece of outdoor clothing. And of course, a couple of things that come to my mind on that personally is one, you remember the old ad campaigns with what was her name, aunt Gertie or whatever that owned Columbia, yeah. you know, the white haired lady with the grim face. I can't even think of her name. I want to look it up. Um, one, I always remember that. And two, that my dad, same deal, had the Brown camo three in one. And I can remember on my 12th birthday, my granny and people gave me my own Columbia three in one and it was not the straight up mossy oak bottom land, but the one with the tree branches on it. And you, what, which, which pattern was that? Tree stand. Tree stand, mossy oak tree stand. Yes. And still have it today. Of course yep. it still fits. And, um, but man, what a sentimental attachment. One, granny and people gave it to me Two, I've had it since I was 12. So that's almost, tw that's right at 25 years, um, that I've had that jacket. And then, um, I can remember when, Dad bought, and this would have been probably mid to late 90s, dad bought Peepaw a three-in-one um, 
you know, cause he always, you know, whatever. And when he passed away, I've got it. I ended up yeah. with it. So, um, the crazy you talk about that three and one, that's iconic for so many people. <laughs> Austin, are you still awake, dude? Yeah, I'm here. Austin, what's your, what's your most sentimental like piece of hunting gear for you, dude? Uh, probably a hat my grandfather wore. I think it was the original Bombland. Like just a regular ball cap or was That's it like, probably, like the Elmer Fudd style? It, no, it was like the Elmer Fudd with the, uh, has like the, the, the uh, fuzzy flap downs. Yes. Classic, yeah. Trapper hat. Legit. Legit. Yeah, dude. And I think that, I think dad's got one too. So that'll probably be pretty sentimental whenever he passes it down. Sure. That's awesome. So you need, had, uh, you need to get on camo retro and find you one. So you all three have an original there too. Matching. Yeah. We, that's one of my favorite stories to talk about on the site is there's an individual who um, their father had passed away and they got dad's hunting jacket. Uh, but there's only one of dad's hunting jacket and through the site, he was actually able to find two other jackets to give to his brothers so that they all three were able to share that. So that's awesome. Just, uh, yeah. By far my favorite story from the yeah, site. Dude, that's really cool. No, that's awesome. So what about you, Logan? What, what do you have a piece like you personally that's that's especially sentimental or is it the three in one like we were talking about? Uh I've got an old, just horrible jacket. It is not a good jacket at all. I'm not gonna say the name I'm not gonna say the name brand because I don't want to throw any brands under the bus, <laughs> but it was the first jacket my dad bought for me. Um it it said it's waterproof, that thing. <laughs> it's like a sponge. But um it uh it's the jacket that's sitting in my uh, closet right now and the sleeve on it, you can't like it's ripped at the elbow. So if you put your arm through it, like it takes the whole jacket with it. And, um, man, I just, it's, it doesn't fit me anymore, but it's in the back of my closet and I just don't ever see myself getting rid of it. I remember it being in the store, uh, really young. One of my earliest memories, uh, uh, well not earliest men memories, you know, hunting outdoors and putting that jacket on and being, proud of it and uh, walking out of the store with it and it was probably summertime because my dad always goes for the summer deals he's never going to buy something in season and right it's probably 100 degrees outside but i wouldn't take that jacket off so you thought you'd arrive then man you had that new jacket yeah. <laughs> i was ready to kill some ducks that's awesome dude um well i'll tell you another one that that uh you talk about dads and all that and it's funny too you know for, for those of you that are listening and, and for all three of us that were blessed to have father figures that were active in our outdoor upbringing so a lot of the sentimental pieces are tied in with fathers and grandfathers and uncles and all that but anyway another one for me so far as an actual piece of gear is again when i was probably 10 12 13 years old dad always had he always wore the the L O the bean boots, L O bean boots, whatever. I mean the main hunting shoe or whatever they call them. Yeah. And uh, I always thought those were the coolest things ever. So when I got 12 or 13 or however long, he finally bought me a pair. Of course he bought them way too big, mm. you know, to get some wear out of them. And I thought, well, anyway, well, lo and behold, again, that's another piece of gear that has lasted me, you know, almost 25 years. I think I've had them resold twice. Um, and just absolutely love wearing them. Now, sometimes you get a little grief because of the whole sorority girl um, tucking your jeans into your bean boots thing. But you want to talk about a classic piece of gear that has some sentimental for me personally is just, you know, even like a, like a pair of bean boots, you know, makes me think of dad, you know, and he, of course he's still with us and still wears his too, but you know, what a, what a neat piece of gear um, yeah. in that regard too. Yeah. And one other thing with, um, you know, the service that I hope Camo Retro provides to the industry and especially these, um, 
new or upcoming hunters, people who are interested in it, people who didn't have, uh, you know, my father or uh, uncles or, you know, people in their life that taught them how to hunt because it is not an approachable sport at all and uh you've got to have the right gear if you don't have the right gear you're you're not going to enjoy it at all and i hope camo retro can be a good resource for people who are researching and getting into it and looking for quality gear not just a gear that's going to last a season right uh, that that's really key and that that's something that i hope comes out of all this um while that you know that gear is uh increased accessibility to gear since i've been in fayetteville uh, i've met several people who have uh, taken an interest in hunting who they just didn't know anything about it and i was like ask me the dumb questions you know let's have those conversations let's get you fishing and we'll we'll take you deer hunting and then then maybe we'll take you duck hunting i haven't had a friend yet graduate all the way to duck hunting from right. <laughs> knowing nothing about the outdoors yet i've got one who's hoping to get in the duck blind this year we'll see but uh i uh, my friend jesse i'll talk about him he he'd never been fishing or anything i think he had had a breakup he was a co-worker of mine he'd had a breakup and he was like hey man i, I want to do some guy things i want to go fishing <laughs> nice it's like let's go fishing jesse so we went fishing and we spent a year fishing and he loved it and then the next year we went deer hunting uh didn't kill anything but the first time he saw a deer in the woods i mean perked up and just uh, eyes as big as saucers just like like i was when i was 12 or, or however old i was when i killed my first deer and um just to see that's really cool and just uh now he's taking his daughter fishing and um you know that, that's how the sport grows but hey, i think we need to have more resources for those people who are um just getting into the sport well and that's a great point and even in our per our conversation earlier this week that like you talked about what i mean the equipment the clothing the gear is such a barrier to entry for Joe Blow off the street that's had absolutely no background or even a little bit of background. Um, that's, and it's also, like you said, very intimidating to think about. I can't imagine if some, if I'd never, well, for instance, and of course us all being outdoors guys, you know, if somebody came up to me and said, I want you to come play hockey. I, I, I wouldn't even know where to start. Where do you buy hockey skates? I mean, do you, what do people, the hockey players wear pads, right? I mean, that, where do you buy a hockey stick, you know, and what's the cost on all this? Um, I would be lost as a goose and real quickly, I'd have to want to play hockey really bad to pursue the avenues to get the equipment that was involved to go play hockey. And I'm not picking on hockey players or anybody. That was just a random analogy, but by the same token, like you mentioned your, your buddy, Jesse, you know, I, I've had some buddies that, you know, have kind of gotten more involved in the outdoors and not that I was a primary influence or anything, but I definitely got to kind of help guide them along. And, you know, if, for some of them, if they were the same size as me, I might have something I could say, here you go. But if they weren't the same size as me, then they're going to have to go to Rand XYZ store and spend a whole lot of money or rummage through somebody else's closet. And yeah, dude, that's one of the cool things that you've mentioned about Camo Retro of here is a showcase of sourced products that fit the bill and also are much more affordable than having to go in to a big box store or the wet or an internet website and buy brand new. Um, so, and I'm guessing like you mentioned your buddy, Jesse, I'm, I'm sure you see some consumers on that end every day. 
Yeah, I've, I've had people reach out and say, hey, you know, what, is this jacket waterproof? Is it, is it gonna, you know, is it very warm? What's, and that, I'm available for that. If you can message the Instagram account, send an email to info or sales at camoretro.com. And again, ask those dumb questions, please, especially if you're new to the sport and want to know if a certain jacket's going to work for you in a certain region. Uh, I'm happy to do the research and look at, you know, what wind speeds generally are and what kind of temperature to expect wherever you might be hunting at. Yeah, dude. Um, and yeah. that's, that's awesome that, you know, that, that you, that you've kind of taken that on as part of camera retro as well. Let me ask you this. Um, if somebody's like, dude, I have a closet full of stuff. I would like to offload it. I think some of it may have a little bit of value. You know, how does somebody go about getting set up to sell on or with, with camo retro through the website? Yeah. So you just go to camo retro.com and at the top there, there's a yellow banner that says uh, log in or sign up as a seller. You can, Click that and uh, you begin the, you can register from that screen and uh, you go through the process. You'll be asked things like, uh, do any of your products have a tobacco uh, odor? You know, have people smoked around it, sure. that kind of stuff, some qualifying questions. And uh, in no time at all, after you put in your name and um, some contact information and sync your PayPal account, so you can get paid, uh, you can begin listing your items and you can do it all from your phone and uh, you type in, this is something that's gonna change drastically over the next couple of months. I'm gonna put a lot of user experience um, work into the listing part, but right now it, it, it works um, and it works well, it's, it's pretty fast. You upload your photos, give a description about your product, uh, give the title and uh, pick some tags to put it into different categories, whether it's a modern piece of equipment or more vintage, if, it's, uh, if, it, if it is a camouflage, what camo pattern is it? Is a, mossy oak or a real tree um, you can get as specific as you want to and uh, then you list your product and it's there for anybody to buy uh, just recently we've added gear and art slash lifestyle as categories on camera retro so getting out of just peril looking at the gear so fishing reels choke tubes duck calls um, shying away from weapons uh, not going to go that far but uh, the closest thing you'll see to that is like uh uh, broadheads uh, for sale, but, uh, and then art and lifestyle. So DU prints or the wooden decoys. Um, if anybody wants to uh, sell sheds, maybe that kind of stuff. Um, well, we can, you can definitely sell that there. But once the sale is completed, once somebody buys your product, you get an email um, that has all the shipping information. So you pack up your item, you ship it. And uh, the second Sunday after your item is delivered and the, the, uh, customers had three business days to review that item, you get paid uh, via your PayPal account. So every Sunday I'm paying sellers. And last, last week was a record week for sellers. Sellers earned uh, just shy of a thousand dollars, which I know it isn't just a ton of money, but um, oh, it's no, exciting for me. <laughs> and uh, so these are people who aren't me who are getting on the website. If you go onto our site and look at the different collections, you've got the community collection, which are people who aren't it, it's not the stuff on the rack here behind me. Um, it's, uh, it's people who are selling their own gear and you can find some just fabulous deals on there um, and some really unique items. Uh, but if you go to the camo retro collection, that's, that's my gear. That's the stuff that I handpick and that I, I'm, I'm finding through different sources and uh, throwing on the site. But uh, so if yeah, so last, la last week, yeah, a thousand dollars for our camo retro sellers. And that, that was a record week for dude, them. That 
that's awesome. And so I'm excited I'm, to send that money out. I'm sure that's going to hopefully that continues to grow. Um, if somebody's wanting to sell something to the site and thinks, I have no clue what this worth. Mm-hmm. Is, how do they go about pricing it? Do you help with that kind of thing? You know, you've kind of got your finger on the pulse a little bit. How, how involved are you in helping determine pricing on stuff? Yeah, really good question. So anytime anything's uploaded, I get an email and I review that. Um, one, to make sure they did it appropriately. I don't want anybody to accidentally post something for $0. Um, right. But also to ensure the quality of the product um, for the audience. Because I, like I said, there's a quality control filter and I really want to make sure that that stays in place so that people aren't buying products that I don't stand behind, that uh, Camo Retro doesn't stand behind. Uh, but if somebody does post Something and the price is a little off one way or the other, I'll definitely drop them a note and say, hey, just so you know, you could get more for this, like substantially more. It would take a lot more for me. Like if somebody posted a browning uh, goose down vest for 20 bucks, I would reach out and say, hey, just FYI, like there's this ja- there's more to this jacket than you might think there is. I'm sure somebody would love to get the deal, but um, just wanting this to make as much sense for you as possible and make sure. it as worth your time as possible. And if somebody posts something that's way too high, I'll say, Hey, if this is what it's worth to you, keep it at that price by all means. If that's what it would take for you to sell that product, then that's the perfect price. Um, but just know that it probably won't move at that price. If you are needing, if you are expecting that cash. Yeah. And uh, so I definitely have those conversations. And yeah, anytime anybody has a question about what something's worth, what they should ask for it, how they should ask for it. If you should do a, some people do lots of items. So here's, you know, my entire wardrobe. I, it doesn't fit me anymore. I'm selling it. I'm happy to give you some idea about that, especially with shipping. Uh, so it's free shipping across the site. Shipping is on the seller at the end of the day. So definitely keep that in mind when listing your products. And that's your price. Uh, something I do a lot of, and I'm happy to help provide some insight too. And just to touch on something you said there too, that, you know, you think camo retro in the name. So we, you know, we're thinking classic Browning goose down vests and three in ones and, and vintage ducks back jackets. But if somebody said, well, I want to sell a Sitka vest, I'm guessing that, you know, is that still free, great free game for even some newer product to, to be listed on there? Yeah, and we've got collections specific to each. So if you want to filter out all the modern stuff or if you want to filter out all the vintage stuff, we've got collections at the bottom of our homepage that are labeled just that, modern and vintage. Uh, Vintage is an odd term, though. It's a very (laughs) abstract term because uh, there's, you know, Mossy Oak Duck Blind. You can't buy it in the store right now. Maybe you can on a few things, but is that vintage because it's not sold in the stores anymore? Right. So that's, that's a pretty abstract term. And it, it, there's always a dance with what's modern and what's not. Um, but a, a huge decision that I had to make pretty early on, um, like two months after the site started is what am I going to do with new gear? It, you know, cause at the end of the day, a part of camo retro is increasing accessibility to gear. So by taking modern more modern gear out of that equation i'm impacting the i'm impacting that audience by not providing them something that they need or won't um but i really try to do a good job of delineating between the two on the site and um it i mean it nothing's perfect but i I really try to cater to those who are only looking for that vintage stuff no and that's that's awesome that you know and it's cool that it's kind of grown to to support both sides of that, you know, a little, little more modern and, and vintage. Um, you said, you talked about Mossy Oak duck blind. Here's one dude, Mossy Oak shadow grass. 
can you get anything in Shadowgrass right now? That was a, I really like that pattern. I guess Filson did a short run of stuff like last year, maybe in some Shadowgrass, but yeah. do you see much Shadowgrass come across the board? I've, I, I'm seeing Shadowgrass, the demand for Shadowgrass come back more and more. That yeah. original Shadowgrass. Shadowgrass, unfortunately, got kind of lost in the pack when um, you had Max 5 and Max 4. Everything was just referred to, if it had blades on it, which yeah. now there's a blades. I mean, there's, yeah, right. <laughs> these camo companies are using every noun that there is. But anything that had kind of that grassy look to it um, just got called Shadowgrass forever. And uh, it was all over the board, the contrast and the, the brightness and, and the patterns. And um, uh, I know there were, I'm not going to, name names here but there were one or two patterns that you might as well be wearing a highlighter um like uh early morning uh, in the timber hole which i realize the timber holes are a lot darker than the fields right early morning in the timber hole if somebody was wearing this certain pattern across the way they just looked like a traffic light right um out there and i, I think that was the ultimate uh, i think that's why we haven't seen shadow grass in a few years but it's definitely coming back the filson line i bought one of those vests i got it at a steel yeah and uh, it, I love the shadow grass pattern. I think that's going to be my pattern of the year. Yeah. Um, uh, Austin, what's what's your favorite classic pattern or any camo pattern? What's your what's your favorite? I'd probably say like that original tree stand. Original tree mossy stand. Oak. Yes. Oh, like mossy oak tree stand. I'm thinking tree yes. bark. Never mind. Tree no, stand. No. Yeah, that's like my three in one, dude. Yeah. You can't beat that. It's like they took bottom land and like, man, let me put two tree branches over the front of it and we're rocking and rolling. What about you? What about you, Logan? Have you got like, like vintage or current? Like what's a favorite, like actual pattern for you? Yeah, I bounce all over the place, but my <laughs> probably all time, my favorite pattern's going to be this, uh, uh, I'm going to do like camos of the season. Like I'm going to, I'm going to rotate, but, um, my all time just favorite, uh, pattern for when it was made and the look and feel of it and the application of it is definitely the old uh bob allen uh maynard reese ducks unlimited pattern yeah so it's the old school kind of cloudy frog duck camo pattern and it's got the ducks and geese worked into the pattern it's uh it's so iconic and it came out in like the late 70s and it's just so cool and so uh, and dude, so much character. I feel you on that because um, one, I've I've bought a couple of the jackets um, off eBay or whatever that were that that you know Bob Allen in the in the DU Maynard Reese camel pattern. But then, lo and behold, I don't know, it's been three or four years ago, somebody reached out to me via Harold and Sons, and they had a bolt of that cloth, like not much, but like six yards of it. So would you be interested in it? I said, heck yeah, I'd be interested in it. And they um, sold it to me a very fair price. I mean, it, it was, you know, they didn't give it away, but I said, no, that's, that's got some, anyway, they, they sold it to me and it was enough to make, I think we made two of the little ditty bags out of it and two of the strap vests out of it. And when I just kind of put out there as a teaser that those were available, I mean, I think I could have traded somebody for a new truck. You know, the interest was just, <laughs> So amazing, which we, we sold them for a fair price and we donated one. We auctioned one off for, for a, a charity thing. And I've still got one. I've got the one Diddy bag still in that DU Maynard Reese um, camo pattern. And it's one of those things that like, I'm, I don't know, I've never taken it in the woods. You know, it's sitting on the, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at it across from me here on the shelf going, why am I sentimental about this DU Maynard? But because that, 
camo pattern is so classic and you can't find a bolt. I can't believe I found that bolt of cloth that somebody had it. And yeah, dude, that's just, you know, that's an iconic classic piece that not a lot of folks our age were aware of until it's kind of come back. You know, people started seeing it on eBay and, and somebody wears it and goes, man, that's cool. And they kind of get the story behind it a little bit. And yeah, it's cool to see that one around for sure. Yeah, that's why heritage and legacy is so important and something I want to keep in the crosshairs uh, moving forward. Just because you weren't a part of something doesn't mean you can't appreciate it. Um, and that pattern is a good example. That pattern was discontinued way before I was ever thought of. Yeah. So, um, but finding it and telling that story for the next, capturing that story for the next generation, um, that's, and Maynard Reese actually passed away uh, this, this year, like two months ago. Yeah, just recently. And, yeah. And, um, like I hope, I hope that story is uh, is documented somewhere. The story of that pattern and um, that he got to see the kind of resurgence of it in, the, in recent times. And those are a lot of the stories that I hope to dive into with Camo Retro. Yeah, and so and and you mentioned that a little bit. And if correct me if I'm wrong, I think you've got a little bit of a journalism background as well, right? Does that kind of drive some of that that need to kind of capture the story and, and document and and kind of save for posterity, even some of the background on some of that stuff? Yeah, love storytelling. Uh, grew up in high school. Worked for the local paper there in Nashville, Arkansas. While I was at, while I was going to high school, went to University of Arkansas. Got my journalism degree there, advertising and public relations. Um, worked for the uh, public relations department there, and was actually one of the two photographers for the Razorbacks for five years. Oh, cool! The better part year, of five years. What years was that? Good years or okay years? I, uh, so my first, my second gig, my first gig was an SEC basketball tournament for the men's team. My second gig was on April 1st, 2012. And, uh, it, it was, uh, it was the press conference. It was the press conference with the neck brace. With the neck brace yeah. Yes. So a lot of those photos you saw of Bobby P and the neck brace were mine. Um, oh no, that's hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, I started when it ended in a way. Dang. No. You I love the Razorbacks. I'm a big Hogs fan. I, yeah, that's funny. Um, um, yeah, I will never falter as a Razorbacks fan. But uh, yeah, I, I uh, a lot of uh, storytelling enthusiasm, and uh, I'm so glad that photographer photography is such a big thing in the woods now. You see so many people with their cameras in the woods. Uh, I think that's awesome because that is a way to tell a story, um, even if it's not you know written word or spoken word it, it will bring back memories that otherwise people wouldn't have and being able to get that kind of gear even if it's your phone out in the out in the woods and uh, capture those memories that's that's you're doing just as much as i hope to do with um with telling the story of this gear uh one thing one sentiment i shared with you on the phone the other day is we can all be partial to our own brands we can be a real tree guy we can be a mossy oak guy we can think anybody who isn't shooting a benelli out in the woods um isn't uh isn't actually duck hunting which i don't agree with at all but uh at the end of the day we all wear clothes and uh that's the common thread that i, I think us hunters share and um, while I'm getting into the gear part and getting into the more art and lifestyle of um, the website, I, I definitely want to stay true to the the apparel uh, that brings us all together. Yeah, dude, and that's and that's a great point. You know, it's how so many times we, you know, as as humans and even especially as outdoorsmen, we get we kind of get a little clicky and we kind of get in our groups. And yeah, I'm shooting a Browning and you're shooting a Beretta, and even though they both start with B's, yours isn't as good. You know, whatever and and yeah, that sometimes that does not serve the common good when we get so tribal in, in some of it. So yeah, I think you're, and, and going back to, to even like the journalism part, 
it's so cool to me to see some of the evolution of some of the brands, some, some of the history behind them, you know, like that Maynard Reese camo and, you know, I, and an interesting Google from by listening is, you know, that traditional, that Browning buckmark symbol. If you go back and look at the, there's a great article on, on, you can find it on the web, on the internet. There's a great article talking about the evolution of that logo that you kind of take for granted and to see the thought that went into it. You know, what an iconic symbol for a, a company nowadays, you know, some of that stuff, if, if somebody hadn't written down how they went about coming up with the Browning Buckmark logo, you know, it'd just be a classic logo and thinking of it. Um, and so that's kind of such a neat thing that I, that you are doing with, with Camo Retro kind of tying in some of the, the history and, and the evolution with the product availability all at the same time. Yeah. If anybody wants to jump down a rabbit hole on Google of uh, just a, an incredible story in the outdoors it's uh george leonard herder herders the old yep. old school the, you know pre-cabela's um the real herders yeah yeah that that guy has some stories uh very uh eccentric personality and uh but he made his mark on the on the industry in a big way and uh if you if you're sitting around wanting to google things that's another one that another I one cool somebody. That's awesome. Hey, Austin, any questions? We got to get him out of here. He's got to go watch, his t- watch a tennis match here a little bit. No, that's cool. I've just been over here searching the website, should do a little shopping while we've been talking. So, very, <laughs> very impressive. I like the way that it's all like you can search anything from hunting, deer hunting, you know, the year, not the 90s, 80s. That's, that's pretty cool how you got that set up. Thanks, man. There's more to come, I promise. Awesome. Austin, did you get set up for a seller's account yet? I got some stuff I need you to sell for me. I'm more, I'm probably going to be more in the buying market. I don't know. I have a whole lot of stuff to sell. So that case. Hey, post your, post your stuff on there so I can buy it. Yeah. Okay. I'm on it. I'm on it. We're the same size. Yeah. So anybody listening, Logan Webster, he's, he's the man behind camo retro. You can see the website camoretro.com. Instagram. He's a great follow. Just camo retro. Um, dude, Logan, thank you again so much for coming on and visiting. Um, let's do this again sometime, dude. We, I mean, we did just kind of skim the surface. I, I'd love to dive in and, and talk about some more brand stuff and some background and all that, dude. But thank you again for coming on. Yeah, thank you. All right, dude. Hey, uh, this is the Whole Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Harrell, co-host and producer, Austin Brown. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. We're on Instagram, The Whole Boss. That's T-H-E-H-O-L-E-B-O-S-S. Same on Facebook and every other social media platform. If you like what you hear, please like, share, subscribe. Mention it to your friends. Word of mouth is big time. Don't forget to check out www.camoretro.com. Camo Retro on Instagram. Our guest today was Logan Webster. Reach out to him with any questions. Thank you guys for listening. Hey, guys, real quick, got to pay some bills. I want to reach out and say thanks to our buddy Brent with State Farm. Brent's a sponsor of the show. He can take care of all kinds of auto, home, and life, uh, any kind of outdoor-specific things, boats, UTVs, four-wheelers, guns. Uh, he can take care of it. Give him a call, 501-362-5891. We appreciate him sponsoring the show. Thanks, Brent.